Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Bill Martinez Live, a program about current events, our culture, our values, our politics, and our future. And now, Bill Martinez. We better stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Stop. Six minutes after the top of the hour, Bill Martinez here. Great to have you with us. And uh, we've got Dennis Allen joining us. And uh, what a background and a a great uh, book that he's presenting for us called The Disciple Dilemma, Rethinking and Reforming How the Church Does Discipleship. That's a lot there in that that quick sentence. And we'll unfold it here shortly. But uh, first of all, I want to bring Dennis on the show. Hey, Dennis, good to have you with us. Thank you so much. Good morning, Bill. Thanks for having me. Well, what a background. I mean, uh, you've been a former chief executive officer, a combat-rated U.S. Air Force F-15 fighter pilot. I mean, everybody's still, you know, buzzing about Top Gun. I mean, you were a Top Gun kind of guy. Uh, Mission commander and instructor pilot, you know, prior to your business career. I mean, do you kind of like pinch yourself and think, wow, what what a life, huh? What an adventure. We have every single one of us in Christ, and I just happen to have that one. I mean, wow, this is, I mean, who who would have thunk as you were growing up? I mean, what did you want to do when you grew up then? Well, I think I wanted to be a fireman and a policeman, but I just got the fire lit under me as I began to see these airplanes flying. And I, and I, it, it was the, it was the Lord just saying, this is what you're going to do. And mm-hmm. like, we all have this calling, right? This was mine. And God, right. what a wonderful ride. What was that like to be, you know, in the cockpit? with all that power in your back end <laughs> thrusting you through the atmosphere. Yeah, it's a sensory overload. Uh, you know, the first time you feel uh, an Eagle jet, the most powerful jet in the world, uh, taking this thing into a vertical ride, right, accelerating, going straight up, is just its just beyond belief. And, and, you know, we're really glad the Navy guys were able to be disciples of the Air Force and learn a little bit about it. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, talk about... Um, you know, getting outside of yourself to be a fighter pilot. I mean, this this all has to be trained and so instinctual that uh, you don't you really don't have time to really process a thought, do you? What a fabulous statement you just made, both in terms of discipleship and flying jets, right? Which is mm-hmm. we're supposed to live by our muscle memory that's been trained in us, not the muscle memory that defaulted in us from all the stuff we get around us. So yes, I was discipled by fantastic people in the Air Force, many of them believers, Mm -hmm. taught me how to operate the machinery with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and talk about that gospel amongst fighter pilots. And I guess the joke is really for all of us in the Air Force, we kept telling everybody that our mission in life was to introduce enemy fighter pilots to Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. Well, you know, and, and to be in that experience, I mean, it, it's interesting to hear you relate Jesus uh, to being a fighter pilot. And, and maybe because you're on a razor's edge and, um, you know, maybe the division between life and death is, uh, is, is so blatantly clear for you that you figure, well, the only way you can really get through this is by hanging on Jesus' garment. Is that fair? Well, there's a lot of people who try to do it with ego, but over mm-hmm. time and over years, that doesn't work. And you see a lot of guys, I think, just simply living the glory days in memory, but living with the fact that their ego can't support them through life, where Christ... My hope is in Christ. I'm a bond servant of Christ. 
Mm. I'm not in that cockpit for the glory. I'm in there because this is my calling, just as the warriors in the Old Testament and the New Testament were called, right? And so we live for that. That's the, in our vocation. Let's do everything with all of our heart, mind, and soul. And that's the disciples' calling. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the key uh, golden nuggets that you learned in the seat of that F-15? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it really was that, first of all, in, in any kind of high-performance situation, which all of us as believers should be providing all of our heart, mind, and soul, that performance in a situation, it was really great to have people teaching me how to give everything heart mind, strength, to be able to make it work, right? And to have people alongside you also saying, and that's because of Christ calling you to this vocation, just wow. made it even better. Wow, that's that's incredible to hear hear you put it in these terms, because, you know, as I mentioned, uh, you know, Top Gun, we didn't get any kind of profession of faith or any sense of connection with the heavenlies uh, with Tom Cruise and the character that he played. Yeah, you know, what a, it, it, it's a Navy love story, right? And what a wonderful <laughs> hero story you have for the summer. We like that, too. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's about entertaining where in the cockpit, life's a little different than Top Gun might portray it for a number of reasons. Just like the rest of us, our lives look like workaday lives in so many ways, but with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength as disciples running the race well, wow, mm. the world is a different place when disciples are engaged. Well, Dennis, in your book, The Disciple Dilemma, uh, you know, the question is, why is discipleship on the decline? Let me give the provocative headline, and and folks, you know, if you really don't like what I say, you can blame Bill. Okay. Um, (laughs) You know, the the reality is we're in a, I'm going to use the term leadership crisis. This is not an attack on pastors. It's not an attack on churches and the leadership inside churches, but we're in a leadership crisis because... Discipleship has been hijacked, it's been hacked by centuries-old traditions, non-biblical ones, that are hiding in plain sight around us and eroding discipleship. How's that for a start? Exactly. Well, I think it goes back a little bit here, Dennis, if I might add, to first principles. You know, it's kind of like you say, you know, you've said repeatedly, all your mind, your strength, everything about you is all committed to this idea. Well, We've lost that sense of connectivity with what it is that we stand. We were talking with uh, Pastor Phil Hotzenpiller earlier uh, in the show, and uh, his Sunday sermon was about, uh, you, know, ha- you know, having done all to stand, you keep standing, but you got to know what you're standing on, right? Absolutely right. And the challenge for us is to stop thinking about the blame being on the individual believer not knowing enough or not doing enough and beginning to look at the fact that Christian culture, and this begins with leaders, has to begin retraining all of us so that our muscle memory, our DNA, the operating system in us is saying, I am a bondservant, not a glorified individual, and I'm running the race for Christ. We've got to change that culture. Exactly. And and understanding that it is a process. I mean, you don't, you know, um, you don't apprehend that muscle memory immediately. It's trained. I mean, we were watching over the weekend, of course, the, the U.S. Open and uh, the, the skill level of these golfers. I mean, this is like probably millions of golf balls <laughs> of practice that they've hit to come to that point. Right. And yet we approach our, um, we, we, you know, we, we approach our, uh, our faith and our walk with God like weekend uh, golfers. 
we played with this idea in the disciple dilemma a little bit. And to use your illustration, it's a little bit like handing people a putter and a driver, letting them go to the U.S. Open and see it, and then say, you're totally equipped, everything's great, now you're ready to play. And right. that's not right. Uh, no, no. And this is why professional golfers, you know, say, look at the... You know, they, they, they're happy to bring any uh, amateur golfer out there and, uh, and you know, even move them up, not even play from the same distances that the pros do, and they would not even break 100. Yeah, yeah. So that, it, right. it, it's a process. It's time. It's, it's effort. It's practice. Yeah, but again, you know, again, I, I appreciate what you're talking about with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You've got to be so sold out and committed to that because what we're finding in today's church, sadly, according to Barna here, Dennis, is that uh, so many of the pastors in the pulpit today do not hold to a biblical worldview. That's that solid rock that we must stand on. This is what's deteriorating our church today. We've got more from Dennis after this. Of extermination. With you 19 minutes after the top of the hour, fresh and independent, just the way you like to hear from us Monday through Friday, 9 to noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific. Uh, we're talking with Dennis Allen, his new book, The Disciple Dilemma. Um, you know, Dennis writes that, uh, you know, Jesus designed and directed the deployment of an operating system that he said was to be taken to all the world. I mean, Jesus did this and and he laid it out and and, and I'll tell you, he put put everything into it. I mean, went to went so far as to the cross so that his mission, that his, his, his goal would be realized. And he empowered the church so much so that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. But he says, look, at, now it's up to us to go forth and take this gospel message. Now, Dennis, why would Jesus tell us to do something that we weren't equipped to do? What a fabulous system he developed for us, both in terms of the operating system itself, which is the the stuff that the individual is to learn, but also the culture that the leaders were given, both in the Old and the New Testament. This is just written out so beautifully. Build people's muscle memory this way. Interact with people this way so that we have wingmen flying with us in relationships Mm -hmm. to go into all the world and help people ask for the reason for the hope that's within us. So what's happened? Is it that we thought we had a better way? Is it the the spirit of the modern age that says that we know better than God getting in the way? A lot of people want to try to look exclusively at current culture, but the argument that we put forward in the book is that if you wind the clock back 18 centuries and you start looking at when, for example, Constantine made the church popular and legit, People are rushing in, and the leadership of the church was unequipped or unaware of how these crowds were showing up. They weren't discipling them. They were sticking them in the pews. That's one example where we began to realize we have been hacked because we think crowding together is all there is in discipleship. A little bit like just having a putter and a driver makes you a golfer. Neither of those are true, right? The reality is... We must gather, we must pray, we must worship, we must go on mission trips, we must have small groups. But at the end of the day, we all have to be surrendered bond servants. And that got lost a long time ago. And, and, and that's, that's the goal of discipleship, right? That we would bring people of like-mindedness that are equally sold out 
that we would come alongside shoulder to shoulder and back to back to reinforce, um, it, you know, this original thought. And, and, and in doing so, it would advance it and naturally take it to its next level. Is that fair to say? Absolutely take it to its next level. If that culture is about aligning people together, one-on-ones, one-on-twos, so that we're walking through life together. It's not a perfect script. It's not a movie. It's the reality of moving through life together. And if we don't build it that way, we're walking away from the biblical model that Jesus gave us, and we're mm-hmm. going to get brand, power, optional lordship, and just the hope that gathering in groups makes us disciples, and they don't. What exactly is discipleship? Discipleship is transformation. If I had to give you my my grasp of this, it is the metamorphosis of a human being into becoming a bondservant. My muscle memory is moving away from my demands and wants and issues and wishes. And with the gifts God has given me, transforming into a follower bondservant, fully surrendered, who has been out in the world being weird, so that people will ask, what is it that's driving you? Who are you? Right. And, and part of the dilemma is what Paul said. You know, the things that I want to do, I don't. That which I don't, I do. I, I mean, th- this is an ongoing conflict. And guess what? Jesus understood this, right? He just did such a great job of laying in front of us, follow this path. Just like he, he, he told um, Peter in John chapter 21, stop. Uh, stop looking at John. You mm-hmm. follow me in the calling I've given you, and this will work. Right. Exactly. Well, and and the thing is, is that it is tough when you are in the world and not to be of the world to understand what that is all about. And it's especially tough because the reason that we want discipleship is that we need people coming together who are in, who are consistent with that same end. It's like a, like a baseball team. If you have all these disparate people coming on a team and they all have a different idea of how to score and how to win, uh, it, it isn't accomplished. But when you see those teams that may not be as skilled, you might see that, uh, hey, you know, they, they don't they're not, uh, you know, their pay records do not reflect, uh, you know, a bunch of champions on the bench. But what they have is they have a spree de corps and they have a togetherness that is unparalleled and very powerful, isn't it? That's right. The trap goes even a little further with the way it's been set up, which is, hey, all you players, you stay on the bench. The coaches are going out on the field to play the ball game, right? The pros go out there and do that. You stay on the bench. And that's absolutely false against discipleship. You know, we need our pastors as our pros coaching and teaching and developing us, but we've got to be on the field. Right, exactly. And, and, And our pastors and our leaders have to be honored in such a way that we have to pray for them that they were they are getting you know the revelatory word of god so that they are advancing the cause and that we're doing this together uh in unity uh for this end purpose and this uh this vision this mission that jesus has laid before us right right and my plea would be bill that people would recognize that the challenges that we as a culture are throwing at our pastors and at our churches and at our disciples are hiding among us in plain sight. We're not equipped today because we haven't looked back at the biblical warnings and the biblical model for being disciples. And this Mm -hmm. stuff that's gumming up our operating systems, our pastors deserve help, coach, and support to be able to see those problems and to address those problems so we can break the dilemma. Dennis, let's talk about first steps. What do we do? 
the first thing that we've got to decide as people is do we really have a problem? You know, when you look at, and you quoted a minute ago, 40% of people around today in churches don't even think that Jesus is, is God, is mm-hmm. the Christ. We've got 60% of nuns and duns walking out the door of the church as millennials and Gen Zs. We've got 80% of the church with nothing more relevant than 1.7 times a month they're going to church for a sermon. No Bible study, no prayer life, no fellowship, and we've got 90% of the people, Bill, statistically, who are attending church today saying, it's not my job to talk about my faith. Do we have a problem? If we have a problem, then perhaps the Old and the New Testament tell us the path forward to get out of this. Mm. Okay, so admit that we have a problem, and it's going to be the Holy Spirit that shows that to you, right? And so if the Holy Spirit is going to show you that you've got a problem, wouldn't you think that uh, it would be the Holy Spirit to tell you what the next step is to do, right? Absolutely, and he gave us this magnificent diagnostic manual that does tell us from the Holy Spirit, read these words, read the map that we've set up in the Old of the New Testament saying, here's how discipleship flourishes. It's not a microwave pizza. It's a greenhouse growing plants, right? We have to Mm. tend to this. And that process becomes leadership saying, I see the problem. I'm going to go back to the version 1.0 model Jesus gave us, and we're going to rebuild our local community culture in the line of Christ's discipleship. This is a local issue, isn't it, Dennis? Absolutely a local issue. There is no national CD tape program series or talk that's going to solve this. It's local. Is this going to be something that's led by the senior pastors in the pulpit, or is this led by some brave men uh, or those that God has called? And last time I checked, he's called all of us, didn't he? (laughs) But go ahead. Absolutely. I was going to say both and because... Some of us as informal leaders are going to have to come alongside the pastor and say, please, we've got to look at this and decide, right? Other times the pastors can start it. But in both cases, we have to set the example, set the culture in motion so that people go, oh, that's who I am. That's who I'm called to be. That is, as Mm Darth Vader would say, my destiny. Right. Exactly. And uh, I mean, because at the end of the day, we'll be measured on two things. We're going to be measured, first of all, did we believe in Jesus? And what did we do for the kingdom to that end, right? Absolutely. Or, or is that or is that too too simplified? Well, I think that we, we get into this very shallow view that we get converted, everything's fine, I can go back to doing what I was doing. We make the point in the book, Disciple Dilemma, that salvation is the end of the beginning. And the fuller life is that person. This is not about salvation at this point now. This is about the loving obedience to Christ to be a bond servant before mm-hmm. him, giving up my life, dying to myself, yeah. taking up my cross. Got, got to leave it there, Dennis Allen. Thank you for being with us.